This is Worthlessly Worthwhile. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. Now your hosts, Art and Rich. Hello, and thanks for listening to Worthlessly Worthwhile. My name is Art. I'm here with my man, Rich Brown. Art, how are you? Doing good, man. It is National League Championship Series Game 1. We just, uh, it's just, it's in the latter stages of the game right now as we're recording this podcast. The uh, Milwaukee Brewers getting out of a jam there as Jeffrey strikes out Yassiel Puig. A lot closer than we thought it would be though, hey? Yeah, well, about 10 minutes ago, we were talking about a blowout, and then, uh, yeah, the Brewers couldn't get anyone out for a while there, and Jeffress hangs one, and Machado scores a couple, and, yeah, they got three in the inning, so just down by a couple heading to the ninth, so it's anyone's game still. Gotta love playoff baseball, man. It's this time of year where we get all the sports pretty much converging. I mean, the NBA season's about to start as well, and you have NHL started, and... The NFL playoffs is in full bloom right now. It's pretty good. What's what 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 are you most excited about uh, with the rest of this playoffs? Like we got Houston and Boston in the American League series that's about to start tomorrow, and then of course tonight with the LA Dodgers and the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, I think uh, I like the ALCS this year. I know some people. Well, they don't like the Red Sox, so they're not too interested in that series. But uh, I don't care. You know, they're they're both exciting teams. Houston is very interesting. Their staff is so unreal. Like Verlander, they got him going in game one. They've got Dallas Keuchel. And, oh, yeah, they've got Garrett Cole as well. So when you have yeah. three, it's basically three aces that they have and then goes along with all their hitters. I mean, Houston's got to be the favorite. I'm really interested to watch that series because, uh, you know, Boston – Boston with the 108 wins, I think it was this year. Um, mm. It's going to be tough for them to take down Houston, though, I'll tell you that much. And David Price is starting game one tomorrow at Fenway Park. He's going up against Justin Verlander, I believe. I think he's the game one starter for the Houston Astros. You got half Are of you it. surprised no, by Price that? is starting game two. David Price is starting game two? Yeah, Chris Sale is starting game one. Oh, Chris Sale. Oh. I, th- I had read somewhere that it was uh, David Price starting game that one. That would so. be incorrect. I don't know where you read that. All right. I stand corrected. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I who do, you, who do you like in that series? You like Houston then? I like Houston. I just think pitching-wise, yeah, I mean, you look at it, they've got Sale versus Verlander in game one. That That game could go either way, but... Boston's rotation overall doesn't really stack up with Houston's because Price, we all know what you can expect from David Price come playoff time. It's not pretty. It wasn't pretty last series, and I'd be surprised if it was pretty in this series. I mean, I don't know what it is, but the guy has a a pretty bad history in the playoffs, and he just looks uncomfortable out there. He doesn't look like himself, so I don't expect him to do too well in Game 2. And, yeah, you've just got a lot to contend with with Houston's batting lineup as well. Um, Bregman, he really broke out this year. I mean, he wasn't even one of the top couple guys last year when they won the World Series. He was was kind of an emerging star, and this year he is the star. He's the MVP candidate, and he's really hot right now. You've got Altuve swinging a hot bat, and I I think it's going to be 
very difficult to slow down Houston. I was in Boston uh, just, you know, less, just, I guess, almost about a month ago now. I was just in Boston, and I got to see the matchup between the Houston Astros and the Boston Red Sox. And That's I'll tell true. you, that Houston team, which took two of three at Fenway when I was there in Boston, they they had this cockiness to them, this, like, swagger, like, it doesn't matter what the score is, we're going to come back and win this game. And I was really impressed by them with that. And I was just like, these were the two best teams in baseball for my money, the Red Sox and the Astros. And I just thought the Astros look a cut above, even though it was at Fenway. So I'm with you. I think Houston's going to win this game. I'd be shocked, to be honest with you, if the Red Sox won more than two games in the series. But you have to give them a better chance than either of the NL teams against Houston, I would think. I mean, I think if it's a rematch of last year, uh, the Astros would would hit the Dodgers harder this time. I think it would be tougher for the Dodgers to stay in the series than it was last year. And Milwaukee, it's a really nice story, but I just don't see how they would stack up against Houston. The Astros really are the favorite to win the World Series at this point. I agree. They're the defending champs, and they have the best lineup. They have the best pitching staff. It's To me, it's a no-brainer. And I've been saying this all year, but I thought the American League was so much stronger than the National League. I thought the top four or five teams in the American League were better than any team in the National League. I don't know if you felt that same way. Yeah, I think you have to think if, say, Cleveland was in... Uh, the National League, they would probably be in this NLCS and potentially have a chance to win the pennant, go to the World Series. And instead, they were swept easily by Houston. It's not because they were a bad team. They're out in the divisional round just like that. It's just that they ran into a juggernaut. Yeah, I agree. And they just they were just, just put aside by that juggernaut in a short series. Uh, Talk... We did want to talk a little bit about the New York Yankees. They're a team that I think even if they were in the National League, they would be a favorite to come out and win in the National League. Would you agree with that? I think most of the teams in, even the A's, probably would have done pretty yeah. well in the in the National League. A lot of people still like the Dodgers, but I don't think they're as good as they have been the past couple of years, although uh, they got Machado now. But, of course, they lost Seager, and that's why they went out and had to get Machado. Um, and, again, Milwaukee's a nice story. They've got a lot of good players. Uh, Yelich has been playing at an MVP caliber uh, play lately, but they don't have the star power that some of the other teams have. I, I don't think that they would be uh, considered a front runner or the Dodgers if, say, the Yankees were in the National League. Yeah, But I think then again, we saw what happened with the Yankees pitching against Boston and I don't know. It probably wouldn't have mattered who they were facing. If they can't get three innings out of their starters, they weren't going to last very long in the playoffs. That's a good point. And there was a story that came out about the Yankees pitching staff. Well, one pitcher in particular, Luis Severino. Uh, he was pitching. He pitched in that final game against the Red Sox, uh, the clincher. That, or, or sorry, it wasn't the final game. It was. Uh, it was game it was, three. It was game three, yeah. yeah. And and it was the big blowout game. 13-1, right. to one, was, yeah. That was yeah, the one. 13, yeah, it was like crazy uh, how many runs that the Red Sox uh, scored in that game. But the big story was that Severino was apparently tipping his pitches. Yeah. It was just, interesting that it was like caught on camera. Too. Just came out today, yeah. The Athletic um, did a story about it, and they, they used some screen grabs from the game, and... Yeah, it was um, Jackie Bradley Jr., I think it was, who 
they kind of flashed to the to the Red Sox dugout in between, kind of right when he was winding up for one of his pitches. And right as he was about to do the windup, you could actually see on camera Jackie Bradley Jr. saying to himself, fastball, fastball. And then it cuts back to uh, Severino and he throws a fastball. So something something was tipping the pitches. And um, I think Aaron Boone has admitted that at certain points in the second half of the year, he was tipping pitches and they worked hard with him to, to fix that issue. But obviously it's not perfect. And whatever this tipping of pitches is, it seems like it came back. Uh, probably makes sense that when you get at your most nervous, that's when kind of those nervous ticks come in. And so it can be, it can be tough to fight uh, the tipping of the pitches. And that's apparently what happened. And I mean, the Red Sox hammered them and, the thing I find interesting about that is that Boone was already being given a tough time for, for leaving Severino in as long as he did in that game. He could have pulled him, I think, when it was like 4 nothing, but he sent him back out. Um, and it's one thing to say, okay, it looks like he's struggling today. Let's take him out. But if you know he has this history, recent history of tipping pitches, and you think maybe he's tipping pitches again and that's why they're crushing him, I don't know how you could send him back out. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to know what pitch is coming. Severino is like, he has such good stuff that you know, even if you know what's coming, you can't hit it. So, I mean, I'm not saying this is the playoffs. So obviously you don't want that. You don't want your, you don't want the opposing pitchers knowing what pitch is coming, even if the guy has great stuff. But I will say that for Aaron Booth, that Severino has such good stuff. He is easily the best pitcher for the Yankees. So that that would be my only defense of Aaron Boone in this spot. Yeah, but I also think Severino's the kind of guy it's obvious when he doesn't have his stuff. And it's he's he's not usually the type of guy to struggle early and then rein it in and go the distance. He's more of a you know, he starts strong, finishes strong, or he gets lit up and he continues to get lit up until you take him out of the ballgame. I had Severino in fantasy baseball to nerd out a little bit here. And I did notice that he finished up. He did not finish strong. The year did not finish strong. I think he had like a 537 ERA in the last month. And I guess that was maybe when Aaron Boone might have known that he was, quote, quote unquote, tipping pitches. And that's as simple as like when people are on base, they they would notice that he every changeup, you would always look at second base or something like that. And yeah, it had he, to do with throw a change uh, up, you know. Yeah, exactly. If someone was on second, he would check the runner at second, and then if he was throwing a fastball, he would, on his way back from turning to look at the runner at second, he would stop and stare at third, and then he would go into his windup and throw a fastball. So that's apparently what it was, and that's why it was only at certain times. Um, if that's in fact the only issue that he had, but it had to do with him checking the runner at second, and then what happened afterwards. Yeah. Anyway, that's interesting stuff, though. You know, pitchers are creatures of habit. I just thought it was an interesting, uh, interesting tidbit there. Something always interesting comes out of a Boston Red Sox, New York Yankees series, right? The always. weirdest part is when he's going to throw a uh, changeup, he listens to Oreos in his ears. I don't know why he does that. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see the movie? Uh, uh, what was the name of it? It was an old movie with Keanu Reeves. And he was like, he was coaching a bunch of inner city kids. And you know, I didn't see it, it, but I think you're talking about hardball. I believe it was hardball. Hard. Yes. And the pitcher, I guess the pitcher like listened to Big Papa 
uh, Notorious P.I.G. Mm-hmm. You know that song? I love it when you call me Big Pop. And that was the only way he could like pitch and concentrate. <laughs> so they played it during the game? Yeah, so they played it during the game. And uh, maybe that's uh, maybe that's what Severino needs, you know, to focus a little bit more. I don't know. It's probably what he needs, just a little Notorious. <laughs> uh, just quickly, uh, before we get back into another subject, I, I was gonna, hoping to go to football next. But... Uh, you take the Houston Astros. Both of our, both of us are taking the Astros to win the ALCS. Mm-hmm. Are you taking the Brewers or the Dodgers to win the NLCS? Well, coming into the series, I was definitely thinking Dodgers, but it looks like Milwaukee is about to take game one. Still got to finish it off uh, three outs away. But uh, no, I think I'll stick with the Dodgers. Overall, I think I think they match up better. All right. I, I'm just going to just for a little contrarian here i think the brewers they look like a team that could win in the playoffs and they for me they're their back end of their their bullpen is so good that if they can get a lead which i think they can get a lead because i don't love the dodgers starting pitching this year i don't love it i think i aside from kershaw i like i don't really trust uh hinjin royu um you gotta trust walker bueller Walker, yeah, he's a rookie though, right? Yeah, he's a rookie. He's got good yeah, stuff though. Yeah, I mean, I I do like I do like their hitting. So I I think I might give the slight edge to the Brewers, but I think both teams will get manhandled in the World Series either way. So uh, let's move into NFL football. I mean, we're right into we're right into it. Like we're at this point, we're we're starting to make assumptions about teams now. At this point, and even though it's still like fairly early and we're, you know how it is in the NFL. It's easy to get carried away uh, with one week, other week. But at this point in the season, you know, week six, we can make some assumptions. Have you made any assumptions about the, the NFL so far? Like who you think is the best team so far that you've seen? No, I think, um, I think it's still wide open. Although I will say at this point, I think the, I think the Rams are the best all around football team um the Seahawks did expose some weaknesses last week though that I don't think we knew that they had so you know I'm definitely not ready to declare anyone a Super Bowl champion yet it's still way too early for that I think the Rams stand out as the best team so far um but no I I haven't I haven't looked at a team and gone, yeah, if they stay healthy, this team's going to win the, the Super Bowl. Because I think there's still a lot of really good teams out there that aren't that far behind, and they're starting to gain some steam. So I'm not ready to pick a winner. Yeah, because right now we have two undefeated teams right now. We have the Kansas City Chiefs, and we have the uh, formerly St. Louis Rams. I was about to say St. Louis Rams. They're the L.A. Rams as the other undefeated team. The Chiefs, of course, going into New England at uh, there in the primetime game Sunday in a marquee matchup. Uh, what what What's the matchup this week that you're most interested in? Well, there's a few. Um, in terms of the actual games themselves, I think Carolina-Washington is a very interesting game. I like Carolina a lot in the NFC, but... Uh, you know, I want to see a little bit more consistency out of them. And I don't think the Redskins are any sort of superpower, but they need a win. And this game is at Washington. So I'm kind of interested to see how both sides respond in this game. Yeah, I think that's an interesting game for sure. Uh, another interesting game that I thought was, I mean, it's always interesting in the the AFC North. But Pittsburgh-Cincinnati, 
I, I I don't think Pittsburgh is that good a team. I think Cincinnati is the same team we've seen year in and year out. Uh, if Pittsburgh can win that game, though, they're they're right there. You know, they're right there to win the division again. So I think that's a really big game in that division. It is a huge game. I I agree. I think Cincinnati's a, f- a far better team, especially. Steelers aren't really a, a team that performs that great on the road. Ben always seems to struggle on the road, but it yeah. is an AFC North divisional game. So I expect it to be close. And like you say, I mean, Pittsburgh wins this game. They're right back into the swing of things in that division. So it's a big game for both sides. Um, but I, I will say uh, I have to disagree. I, I don't think Cincinnati has looked like the same team that we always see. I think they've really? looked a little more consistent this year. Um, on offense anyways. Their offense has has really clicked throughout the year. Andy Dalton hasn't he hasn't been flashy, but I also think he hasn't made any really bad mistakes that have cost them a game or anything like that. He's he's hit his open receivers and uh Mixon is running the football really well and when he was out Giovanni Bernard was running the football well. They've got a great passing game. Tyler Boyd is stepping up as well as AJ Green having another great year. Um, so I like Cincinnati's offense quite a bit. I expect them to win this game. You do. And if they don't, then uh, maybe you're right. Maybe it is the same old Cincinnati Bengals. I just think in these big games between Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, it's usually that it's Pittsburgh that comes out on top. I, I don't know if it's because of coaching or what it is. They just find a way to come out on top. Another big game this week, though, Rich. And we touched, I touched on it a moment earlier, saying that it was the prime time, the nightcap, the New England Patriots hosting the Kansas City Royals, or Kansas City Chiefs, Kansas City That would Royals. be a great game. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> uh, this is, this is, is this a bigger game for the Patriots or a bigger game for the Chiefs? You know, a lot always gets made about New England slow starts, and I don't think, I don't think it matters. Um I think when a, a hot team goes into Foxborough in week six of an NFL season, no matter what the Patriots record is, it's a bigger game for the team that's visiting. It's a bigger game for Kansas City because if New England loses, it's just you know, it's just another loss and Belichick will say they're on to whoever they're playing next. You're gonna have to tell me because I don't know who their week seven opponent is. Um, uh, it's it's a divisional opponent. I know that. Okay. So it'll probably be a win. <laughs> exactly. You know, um, I think they're going to end up winning that division. Um, Miami had a really nice start, but I don't see them holding on. New England's gaining some steam. They're starting to get into a rhythm. They're, they've got Edelman back. They added Josh Gordon. Sony Michelle is starting to get some run. Um, so I like where they're at. James White has looked great as well. The offense really playing well, and the defense is starting to get into a bit more of a rhythm it seems to me like they're gelling a bit and they're they're starting to be a little bit tougher to score points on so I think even if Kansas City wins this game New England has lots of time to bounce back and they're not going to panic Patriots have been there they're not going to panic um for Kansas City it is a huge game because all this hype around Patrick Mahomes it's tough to win a game in Foxborough you sent me something earlier today it was talking about the the young, I think it's the youngest visiting quarterback to win at Foxborough, and it's Colin Kaepernick. He's the only one under 25 that's, that's won right. at Foxborough in the, I think, in the Brady Belichick era, or at least in the last 15 years or so. Yeah, that's the 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 uh, 
stat that I got you was from good old Peter Schrager of the NFL Network. He tweeted out quarterbacks 25 and under are 1 and 41 all time in regular season games played at Gillette Stadium. And that only quarterback that won that was younger was uh, Colin Kaepernick in 2012, a game that you and I were watching together, actually. I don't know if you remember it. I do. I'm a 49ers fan. You're a Patriots fan. <laughs> and you were not accustomed to seeing the Patriots lose at home. <laughs> you didn't, did not take it so well, Art. We didn't talk for a couple weeks after that one. It was a shocking loss. It was a good game, though. It went into overtime. I remember that. Michael Crabtree had a big reception in overtime to win that game, if I remember correctly. It was a good one. Um, So, yeah, I think it's a bigger game for Kansas City, even though the loss in the grand scheme of the season, the loss wouldn't mean a lot. You know, I think they're they're handedly in control of of a playoff spot already at this point of the season. Um, But just for Mahomes confidence moving forward and, you know, they're going to have to play some tough games on the road, um, possibly in the playoffs, depending on how the rest of the season goes for them. So I think it's a bigger game for the Chiefs. Yeah, I just thought it was really funny listening to all the pundits this week talk about how big this game was and how like this can decide who wins the AFC. And I'm just like, guys, we're in week six here. We can't just we can't we can't talk about playoff positioning yet. You know, this is the NFL. Any team could win any week, you know? Of course. That's the thing about the NFL is it's predictably unpredictable. You never know what to expect. So Yeah. And any team could win. Yeah, and you know one of the reasons makes the NFL so unpredictable, Rich? It's because a lot of kickers in the NFL can't seem to do their jobs. <laughs> That's true. Like, last week, how many missed kicks did we see? Like, seriously. Like, I think it was Mason, 16 Cro- Mason Crosby goals. missed four himself. It was, it was 16 field goals and six uh, extra points. I think that's what I read. That's, that's insanity the amount of missed so here's my question though why can't they do their jobs like this is like this is your one and only job is to kick the field goal because it's you not know? that easy you know uh, a field goal kick i i kind of liken it to a golf swing it's very similar it's got a little a lot of little hitches in it and it's got to be perfect you know just like trying to drive the golf ball down the middle of the fairway it's not always yeah. gonna happen sometimes you're gonna find the trees on the right or the stream on the left or whatever, yeah. you know? Sure. Um, and especially when it's it's even harder to be a kicker almost because at least in golf, you go out there, you hit a bad drive while well, you make up for it on the next 17 holes. Um, you don't know if you're going to even get another kick in the game or if it's a kick to win. This is the only chance you get. So, you know, it's not always that easy to say, how do they miss these ones? It's it's a hard job. They're doing. Right. They're the best ones in the world. That's just how difficult it is to make a field goal. All right, you you told me there, and you of all people know that I tend to hit far right or far left. We've seen a lot of that in golf. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, but yeah, I, I I I mean, there's been some talk out there. Like I read an article on the Athletic. By one Ross Tucker, offensive lineman, former offensive Ross lineman. penning articles now. Yeah, for, former, yeah, I, I didn't know he was writing articles. Uh, former offensive lineman for the New England Patriots, actually. Played for and a lot thinks, of teams, didn't he? Yeah, he played for a lot. You're right, he's a bit of a journeyman. But he is contending that they should just take kicking out of the game altogether. Yeah, he says get rid of him. And um, 
I don't know about that. What do you think Peyton Manning would say on that? Here we are. I'm out of my third Pro Bowl. We're talking about our idiot kicker who got liquored up and ran his mouth off. So what has the sports world come to? We're talking about idiot kickers. So maybe Peyton. <laughs> Peyton might just be in support of this idea. The great Peyton Manning supports Ross Tucker's idea to eliminate kicking from the NFL. That is by far my favorite Peyton Manning quote. I could listen to that on repeat all day. I could. They don't. Athletes don't say stuff like that anymore. That's more like something the presidents say now. Oh, staff. Had to throw that in there. It just had to. Uh, but he contends that he doesn't understand how so many players can do so many athletic things up and down the field all game, and it comes down ultimately to a guy who does none of those athletic things like block, tackle, run, throw. And he thinks because of that, it shouldn't come down to the kicker, whether who wins or loses, that's, that's which true. I think is just ridiculous. Art, I hate to do this to you while we're talking about kickers, but we do have some breaking news uh, from game one of the NLCS. Are you, are you seeing what's happening? So uh, I, I can't see who was up for the Dodgers. They're two outs. They're down to their final out with a runner on. Oh, it was, uh, looks like Chris Taylor. Hits one oh, deep four. to right. Lorenzo Kane back at the wall onto the track. And hits the top of his glove. He hit him right in the palm. Hit him right what? in the palm, but he couldn't make the catch. Uh, so, so he drops the ball at the wall. The Dodgers score one, and they have the tying run at third now. That's inexcusable. You're in your own park. You should know where the wall is. He got scared of the wall coming. That's why he didn't catch that. He had space. He had space. He hit him right in the palm. How does he not catch that? Oh, no. He's a Low good K, What are you doing, too? buddy? Two outs now, a man at third, and the best contact hitter for the Dodgers is up. Oh, Justin Turner is at the plate. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, this might be going extras. We're, wow. uh, this, our, our podcast is getting derailed, and I'm not even that upset about it. No, no, this is fantastic. This is fantastic. Okay, back to kickers. Well, don't worry. The, the news will break if, uh, if something happens. Anyway, I just want to I just want to say that I think it's absolutely ridiculous that he would even bring that up. Kicking it's called football for a reason. There, yeah, Ross Tucker. So football is derived from rugby. Actually, I don't know how many people know that, but it's That's true. Good. Football came from rugby, and kicking is a big part of rugby. Now, one thing he did say in his article, or his op-ed piece, if you want to call it that, <laughs> his editorial. His editorial. He did say that uh, he didn't necessarily want to do with kicking altogether, but rather kickers, specialty kickers. He did say, what if the kick has to be made by someone who played a certain amount of snaps, regular snaps throughout the game? So it could be the linebacker kicking. But <laughs> I don't know if I like that idea. Or... <laughs> do you want to see Joey Bosa lining up for a field goal to win I mean, the yeah, game? That would be interesting. I will say that. What happens if he pulls a hammy? Yeah, you don't want that. Yeah, no, I think don't. it's cool that it's unpredictable that you don't know if the kicker is going to make it or not. His whole point, too, is that the game is decided by this one play. But the game is not decided by that no, one play. Yeah. Because the previous three quarters plus, almost yeah. the full four quarters, that's what decides that it comes down to that moment. Everything the pre- decides the game. That's just yeah, how but- the game ends. 
yeah, the previous 70 snaps. Exactly. Deciding. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. if you're blowing out a team by 30 points and they kick a field goal with no time left, that kick did not decide the game. You already decided it. So you have your chance, okay? You have your chance to decide the game, score your touchdowns, stop them from getting their touchdowns, and it won't come down to a kick at the end of the game. How about that? Yeah, I'm with you. And it's also one of those things like, yeah, pressure can get to the kicker. That's part of the game. I mean, if it's if it's before that and the guy and it's not a game winning field goal and they're missing all those field goals, get a better kicker. You know, there there are kickers out there that are really good that hit, you know, at least 80 percent, whatever, 75, 80 percent of their kicks. You know, there are some guys who don't do that. So go out and get a good kicker. It's part of the game. Look, I don't think the Baltimore Ravens are going to be arguing to get rid of kickers anytime soon. In fact, they're probably going to start lobbying for the longer kicks to be counting for more points because they've got Justin Tucker, who is definitely the best kicker in the NFL right now. The guy is just ice in his veins. He goes out there from 40 plus yards and it's right down the middle. Perfect form every time. Yeah, Justin Tucker is, I mean, he's one of the greatest kickers of all time. And we got breaking news. There it is. You go ahead. Yes, the Milwaukee Bucks. Brewers, sorry. The Milwaukee Brewers have pulled out game one of the NLCS. A 6-5 win over the Dodgers. It got hairy there. Wow, that was close. That was close. Uh, Lorenzo Cain can sleep easy tonight knowing he's not the reason. Nice strikeout there by Knebel. Yeah, he came. He he was upstairs pretty much that entire at bat. He was just throwing it nice and high and got Turner to bite. Strikes him out to end the game. You know what that is? That's just good uh, analytics. That's knowing what the hitter likes, and you see you see that in the playoffs. All the hitters will get exposed if there's a pitch they that the other the other opponent sees that they can't hit or don't like. You know, you have to make those adjustments, and yeah. I love that about uh, playoff baseball. Yeah. Uh. All right, so we covered the kicking idiot kicker. Thanks there, Peyton Manning. And we covered uh, the NFL Week 6, the matchups that we liked the best. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to mention here, Rich? Well, how about uh, that was our betted. How about our forget it from last week? Mm, yeah. Our regret yeah. it, that is. So we got our bet it, regret it. Uh, we like... Uh, I mean, I like the Patriots this week as the bet it. Uh, I also, uh, as a as a regret, last week I thought that uh, the, I, I think I regret not going on uh, the Minnesota Vikings, no, like how desperate they were and how they had lost so many in a row that I should have seen that that was going to be a close game with the Philadelphia Eagles, even though they like pulled out the win because the Eagles are a good team and it's hard to bet against the Eagles when they're at home. But I should have seen that the Vikings were going to really be in that game, how desperate they were and how good a team they are, that they probably could have covered that spread that it was. That's true. Um, I, on the other hand, think, well, not on the other hand, but my bet for this week is Arizona at Minnesota plus 10. You like, you like Minnesota? No, I like Arizona. 10 points. Really? I think Josh Rosen uh, has has shown something. He he's not he's not lighting it up, but he he's protecting the football for the most part. He's making pretty good decisions. The O line has been terrible. 
Um, but they are coming off uh, a win over, well, let's be honest, an injury-riddled 49ers team. Uh, but the week before that, they gave the Seahawks a tough game. So they're they're in the games right now. Um, and Minnesota has had some pretty ugly games so far this year. So they had a nice game last week at Philadelphia to get the win. But I don't know. They, they don't feel consistent this year. Um, tough to say what you're going to get out of Dalvin Cook if he even suits up this week. They're the only team in the NFL that doesn't have a rushing touchdown, which seems crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I just think Arizona will stick around in this game, be pesky and cover the spread. I kind of like where you're going with this because I too think Arizona's a little underrated now that Rosen's there and is not like a complete fool at quarterback like they, uh, like Arizona's kind of been dealing with uh, in the past. And this could be a classic letdown spot for a Vikings team that thinks they can just run over Arizona. Um, and I'm not saying that not, they're not going to play hard or anything. I'm just saying that uh, you know they might go into this game you know, thinking it, it'd be a little bit easier this week to face the Cardinals after such a big win over the Eagles. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Cardinals get a backdoor cover or something in this game, you know, or yeah. it's closer than we think it's going to be. Exactly. Now, my regret it last week, oh, trusting Tennessee to easily beat Buffalo. Aren't the Bills just terrible? I just want to bet against them every single week. And I thought for sure the Titans would do well enough to cover, but no. They didn't get the cover, so that's my regret it from last week. I, uh, you know what? I didn't regret that because in my pick'em, I had taken the Bills to win, uh, to win the game straight up. Because I just had a feeling that the Bills were due for a good effort, and I don't love Tennessee on the road. I, f- I find they play really close games on the road, and I was willing to kind of go out on the limb and take the home team in that matchup. So. I don't want to sound like a smart ass. Well, you got me there. Yeah, okay. I just kind of saw that coming. Yeah. Okay. So I have, uh, I have a story from this afternoon art. So just, uh, going Is to it pick sports up sports related. No, it's not sports related at all. It's just a story. Okay. An anecdote, if you will. All right. Going to pick up the girlfriend from the sky train station. And I pull into the, the parking lot there. It's, it's kind of uh, the mall parking lot because the, the SkyTrain station runs right into the corner of the mall parking lot. So anyways, just sitting uh, in my car for about 30 seconds after I park and kind of, you know, I'm playing with my phone out of the corner of my eye. I spot someone walking like right at my passenger door. Um, and I'm like, what is this guy doing? He's probably just going to walk around the car, I guess. But he's like walking right at the door. It seemed kind of odd. So I just kept playing with my phone. And then, yeah, he walked right up to my car and opened the passenger door. And he started climbing in and talking to me. And I, <laughs> I didn't know what to say. So I just went, oh, excuse me. And uh, he immediately realized that he was getting into the wrong car. <laughs> he was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> he closed the door and then he waved at me again he's like i'm sorry i'm sorry and i just i was like what is this guy doing so my question to you is how should i have reacted in that instant should i should i have you know should i have been worried for my safety or uh was my was my reaction of uh excuse me pal <laughs> what's going on here is that is that appropriate reaction I feel like I don't know exactly how I would react unless it was me. Yeah. But I feel like I would have done the same thing as you. I would have just been like, hey, man, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Who you <know>? are you? <laughs> yeah. I'm not your Uber. I'm not your Uber driver. <laughs> yeah. Do I know you? Like, <laughs> and it's funny that he just completely just thought you were someone else. The weird thing was, 
after he closed the door and walked away, he walked over to a car that looks nothing like mine. So I'm like, who is picking you up? Who are you? And like, do you even know the person that's picking you up? Or uh, are you just getting into a random car? Like you, you think someone's here to pick you up. You don't even know who it is. I was so confused by what was happening. But the only thing that kept me sane through that was the fact that he was dressed nicely like he had a, a nice collared shirt and a tie which made me think he wasn't any trouble so if you ever want to like climb into a stranger's car and not al- alarm them just dress nice and you know won't be so worrisome for them i'll tell you what man i dress i dress pretty casual semi-casual for work every day and i tell you i get treated differently you know like if i i i find like you know even little things going to the grocery store just going to get things walking into court walking into wherever i get uh i get treated differently because of the way i dress which is a little bit sad but that's the world that we live in so uh so the fact that you felt more comfortable because he was wearing uh you know he was dressed up a little bit is uh, not surprising to me uh, you know what? I was thinking about that now. Now that I'm thinking about it, maybe he was doing something nefarious. Have you checked your car for any bugs? <laughs> Believe me, nobody wants to track me. They'd be very <laughs> bored by finding out that I'm sitting at home all weekend doing a maybe podcast a- with you on a Friday night. <laughs> it's like a Mike Ermintrout thing, right? Like in Breaking it. Bad. <laughs> yeah, you got me. I'm Breaking Bad. Speaking of Better Call Saul, I've I've the season finale to go, and I'm right into it. I love this the newest season of of uh, Better Call Saul. I've been calling it Breaking Bad. I've been going to work, and I've been like, man, I've been watching like Breaking Bad. It's been so good. Like Breaking Bad, isn't that over? I'm like, sorry, I meant to say Better Call Saul. It's like it feels like the same thing. You wow. Know? I have to catch up because I'm still a couple seasons behind. But I just finished season two of Ozark, so. Probably time to to jump back into Better Call Saul. I enjoyed it when I watched it. I was just been saving it, you know, for a good binge yeah. session. Yeah. Have you? Uh, did you enjoy Ozark? So, my the way I would describe Ozark, it's like it's got the intensity of Breaking Bad, um, but the brilliance of Breaking Bad can never be duplicated. So it's almost at times like one of those. It's it's a good drama. Um, but it's one of those shows that's there's just always something going wrong and always something going wrong and you can almost predict when they're setting it up like oh you know it's gonna go wrong it always goes wrong it starts to feel that way um but i will say that i'd say maybe the final three or four episodes of season two got a little bit more in depth and i did enjoy them so i enjoy the show i give it a solid six and a half maybe a seven out of ten hmm yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I like it, don't love it kind of thing. I and and I think that's a great way to put it about the intensity of it. But the thing about Breaking Bad and Breaking Bad is intense, but I find the intensity of Breaking Bad is just earned so it's just earned so well because of the subtlety of the show and how they don't rush into anything. You know, it's like 
and that's how life is, you know, because quite often things happen over time and it's just like it's a gradual thing. And I think Breaking Bad has that over any other show that's been created. And I don't want to call Ozark like a poor man's Breaking Bad. I don't want to go ahead and say that. But I think it is just a cut below Breaking Bad. Yeah, it's it's not on the same level, but I do enjoy it. It's good. Good program. Yeah. Here we are. We've gotten into uh, the shows that we're watching. So I think. I don't know about you, but I think it might be time for us to hit the hay on this episode when we start to talk about the things that we're uh, watching on TV. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks a lot for uh, watching Worthlessly Worthwhile. Rich, where can we find you? You can find me at Rich Brown Sports on Twitter, where you will find endless amounts of sarcasm, uh, gifts, and quote tweeting. He's good. He's one of the best in the biz. He's a certified member of Twitter, too. Is that what they call it? A certified member? What do they call it? They call it verified. 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 That's what they call it. I'm not sure sure why I need to be verified, but I am verified. You are. I'm not verified. I'm just a lonely surf on Twitter. You can find me at Art Aronson, A-R-T-A-R-O-N-S-O-N. So, yeah, you can find me there. Same on Instagram as well. Facebook, I don't really use that. That's for old people now, right? Facebook is just for uh, hitting memories, you know, the little memories button on the side. And it shows you all the posts you made on this day. And I realize all the weird things that I used Facebook for in like 2009, just like quotes from movies. Uh, That would be my status for some reason. I don't know why, but. Which you can use on Twitter now. So (laughs) it's all about. That's what it's all about. Screw Facebook. Uh, I just wanted to give one more shout out while we're here to uh, Vanessa Chu for voicing our intro. Yes. She did a great job. The intro yeah. sounded great. Great job. Thank you, Vanessa. Did she produce it for us as well, or was that you? That was, that was produced by our production crew. Oh, our production crew. Oh, yeah. Right on. We have an extensive production crew here. Yeah, it's me. It's me. But it's a, we're a big crew here. <laughs> we're, uh, we're working some long hours, but it's... It's a team effort, Art. Yeah, so we're going to try and keep these episodes going each uh, each week. So hopefully we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.